So we're going to start with our number five trade. Does that make sense? Is that proper English? I don't think so. That's what I'm trying to figure out. How am I going to say this? I think it would be top five, top five trade baits, top five trade options. We're too tired to figure it out. Top five most tradable hockey players. Can you say trade prospects? (laughs) I like tradable. Prospective trades. Players that are the most tradable. Okay, fine. Tradable. Tradable. Okay, our number five most tradable uh, player. It sounds very, very funny. Either way, you guys know what we mean. The Wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. Well, welcome to a very special edition of The Wraparound this week. This one is not, I guess as special as the episode that we're going to be having next week for a trade deadline but this one is fairly special and it's probably I guess you can say the first part to this kind of two-parter because today we're going to kind of give you um, just a quick little overview of who our top five um, I guess trade baits are for this upcoming deadline and let me tell you we have some good ones I'm very excited to get into them um but I'm sure you guys probably know some of them but we're just going to give you a little bit more in-depth knowledge on what their situation is like on the team they're they're currently on uh where they think where we think they'll land and if Grace and Alessia think they will actually be traded so we're going to get right into things because there's no time to lose especially since every day up until next Monday or you know the days leading after that there's going to be lots of things happening so we don't want to lose any time on this whatsoever so number five on our list I guess I'm going to phrase it like that number five on our list is a pretty silly one I saw this on TSN's trade list and I was like I think we we have to include it especially since we spoke about it I think um two weeks ago And so number five on our list is Toronto's top prospect. Who that prospect is, we obviously do not know. Hence, that is why they are nameless. Um, But my first question right now for you guys is, do you think this top prospect will be traded? So Grace, let's go with you first. No. (laughs) I feel like, can I expand or are we doing yes? Yeah, or no, 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 okay. go ahead, expand, of course. Um, I feel like Toronto's in that kind of weird situation that I don't think they've been in for a while where they just have so many prospects and assets that they can trade, but their team is also so not well put together considering they aren't doing too hot, but um, the team is good enough that they don't really need to trade for anything major. So I feel like... Is the top prospect going to be traded? Maybe not this year. Okay, Alessia, there we go. (laughs) You guys know better than me when it comes to the Leafs. I just think like if it's a really solid deal, they'll move a prospect. Like Grace said, maybe not at this trade deadline, maybe in the summer, depending on how the season goes. They do have 
a good forward line. Like they have a lot of good forwards already, which is why when Dubas had his press conference, he said he'd be willing to move a top prospect. And then he said additionally that he would be looking to acquire more forward depth. So I don't know if that top prospect's going to go to that, but I don't know. Like, like Grace said, they're in a good situation right now, like not amazing, but I think it's good enough to make a push. But like I said, if there's a forward out there that catches their eye and Dubas thinks it's a good deal, and we also have to consider that the Leafs are in a cap situation. So if they're going to be trading this prospect, who are they going to be getting back and how much cap is that going to take up? And what's Dubas going to have to do? So that's another factor. I have a prediction. It came to my mind. Tell us. I know who Toronto's top prospect is. Who? It's Freddie Anderson. (laughs) And they're going to trade him in a one-for-one trade for Marc-Andre Fleury. (laughs) We're moving on quickly because I'm not going to talk about this anymore. speaking it into existence. No. I swear, this has been a topic for like three weeks straight. Seriously, that's all Grace talks about. It's frustrating. Like I have a, like Grace like does not like Freddie Anderson right now. No, it's just that I like Marc-Andre Fleury Fleury more. more. Yeah, that's your reasoning. But I'm going to go back to what Alessia was saying. (laughs) And um, we're actually going to touch upon who the Leafs actually have been eyeing a little bit later um we will see how realistic it actually really is um actually two people on this list that they've actually been eyeing so we'll see um how realistic it is and do we think it would be like you know actually good for them to actually buy for this for these people but um yes Toronto's top prospect was number five on our list Uh, our destination for them I guess anywhere but Toronto at this point you really (laughs) you really can't say because you know, you, you never know. And like the girls said, uh, it's just probably either dependent on how this season goes and, you know, what they really want in order to make a push for the playoffs or do they just want to set up a better team for next season. So moving on, number four on our list is Mr. Jonathan Bernier. So once again, I am asking both of you, do you think they will be traded? They meaning him. Grace? I wasn't prepared to go first there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Bernie is really great when he's healthy. He's not super healthy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I, I don't think he'll be traded. I think Detroit's going to want to try their hand in free agency to get Bernie back because he has a UFA this year. And um, this trade is also kind of weirdly dependent on what the Florida Panthers do. If they put Chris Dreger up, for trade then womp womp no goalie trade for Detroit because nobody's gonna want Jonathan Bernier if Chris Dreger goes up so I feel like it's really dependent on what Florida announces or does in the next few days but in my opinion I don't think they will trade Jonathan Bernier Alessia I think it for me it comes down to a similar situation to grace it's going to come down to who's available at the trade deadline because there could potentially be better goalies but it's also going to come down to how desperate other teams need a goalie so one of our potential destinations for bernie was the flyers and we know carter hart we all love carter hart on this podcast but he has been struggling 23 games played his goals against averages 3.5 
0.92, save percentage is 0.871, and he recently just returned to the ice after being scratched for two games to work on his game because he had a really hard time in March. Plus, Brian Elliott also hasn't been too amazing. In 19 games played, his goals against averages 2.99, save percentage 0.888. So, you know, how desperate are the Flyers going to be, or do they wait on Carter Hart to get back to his his own self and being a reliable goalie. It's all it's all going to come down to that. So will he get yeah. traded? I don't know. Yeah, so let's go back a little bit. Um, so Jonathan Bernie is currently 32. As we kept on saying, he is a goaltender for the Tro- Detroit Red Wings. Um, he's also currently injured, as Grace mentioned. Um, and he last played for the Red Wings on March 18 versus Dallas. Uh, but in the 17 games that he has played, he does have a save percentage of 0.918 and a 2.78 goals against average, which is actually not that bad considering how Bernier has played in the last cu- a few years of his career. He has a cap hit of $3 million. And like you guys said, he will become a UFA. So he's in a pretty good, I think, situation right now in terms of where he's at in his career. He's been playing fairly well, the games that he has been playing. Um, and like Alessia mentioned, Philadelphia is probably the top destination or the top guest team that is kind of looking at him, especially with what's going on with Carter Hart. And um, Philadelphia is just not doing that good right now. But I don't know. Like you guys said, we kind of have to just, you know, wait it out and see what's going to go on with Jonathan Bernier. I don't think Detroit has that many prospects in terms of who can become their starting goaltender. And so, and I think the plan with Jonathan Bernier, I think we mentioned it way back, way back that he was probably the goaltender that was going to be their starting goaltender and that he was going to try to fight to keep that spot within the team. And so Maybe it makes the most sense for him to stay with Detroit and not move again. But you never know. Teams really want to improve their team right now. And Bernie's numbers are not that bad. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he did move um, to a pretty decent team or a team that needs him. So with all of these, all we can say is we just have to wait and see. (laughs) Now, number three on our list is Matthias Ekholm. Ekholm? 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 Now you have me messed okay. up. I, I had it earlier. Matthias Ekholm. Yeah. Ekholm. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go, Marjorie. So, <laughs> okay. Alessia, we're going to lead off with you now. Do you think he will be traded? Yes or no? This is a very hard one because there's a lot of teams that could use a top four defenseman and he could easily be that top four defenseman and his cap hit is not even too bad uh he does have one year left on his contract so it's not like the Nashville Predators are kind of like scared to lose him to free agency or anything it's it's all of these are really hard to say and I know Nashville probably wants a good chunk of either prospects or players for Ekholm and we'll probably mention this a bit more as we kind of all say like our predictions, but the North Division, there's a couple of teams there that would be interested. One is the Winnipeg Jets because they have great goal scorers. They have Connor Hellebuck in the back and they're currently third in the North Division tied with Edmonton actually with 47 points. 
And when you look at that, the only piece they really need is a top defender and they can contend for the North Division. Then you have Montreal, who I think desperately needs a top four defenseman because as much as Weber is the captain, he's been really slow and there needs to be a mobile defenseman in that top four. So that's another destination that I can see. And Montreal does have a significant amount of draft picks. So if Nashville wants that, is if that's something that they want in terms for Ekholm, they'll get it. But Montreal is also another team that's tight on the cap. So Bergevin's going to have to be creative if he wants Ekholm. Grace, what do yeah. you think? Um, well, just to touch on what you said about the the North Division teams, I think Elliot Friedman actually mentioned Toronto in there because yep. um, the Nashville Predators mentioned, and I read this in an article on Sportsnet, that they wanted a Jake Muzzin-like deal for Matthias Ekholm. So I, I actually do think he will be traded. Let's get to the point first. I think he'll be traded because um, he, he's an affordable player at the moment and the Preds have made it obvious kind of that they want to get rid, rid of him. They haven't shied away from the fact that they'd be up to trade him. So he'll remain affordable for the next year. So I do think it's a good investment for any team in the North Division. Like Alessia mentioned, Winnipeg, maybe not Toronto, um, but Montreal. Mm-hmm. So I do I do see him being traded. And I think this is one of the ones, one of the only ones on our list that we can look at and go, yeah, yeah, he'll go. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he's been like number one on the trade bait list for such a long time. There's probably going to be so many teams that are fighting for him. So like for now, it's like, it's kind of like, I don't know, but it looks like it's going to be yes. It's just, where is he going to go? Is he going to go to the North Division or not? But the North Division's looking pretty good for Ekholm. Yeah, I think, I think for Ekholm, I think going to the North Division would be a, a good fit for him. Um, and I know a lot of teams would benefit from having him. And like Alessia said, Winnipeg and Montreal are pro- the two teams who are actually kind of in the running in getting him. Um, he is 30 years old. He plays left defense for the Predators. And in 32 games played, he has five goals and 10 assists and sees an average ice time of 22 minutes and 38 seconds. So really great uh, numbers there and a cap hit of $3.75 million. And like Alessia also said, only one year left on his contract and then he'll become a UFA. So not nothing too worrisome in terms of, you know, contract negotiations and stuff like that. Yes. I just want to mention that, um, like Alessia said for Montreal, they, I think Montreal and Alessia, correct me if I'm wrong, could handle a Jake Muzzin-like deal where it's the, it's the one player for two kind of lower level defensemen, like AHLers, smaller contracts. Um, could they, could they handle that deal to Nashville? I think so. Like, I think they, they could potentially, they could they could do that it's just all going to come down to their cap that's for me like Bergman's going to have to juggle some players and be creative I mean one guy out there I'm pretty sure Elliot Freeman mentioned as well as Arturi Lekkonen that they might have to let go in order to make space but you know like I said there's no doubt that Weber he is getting up there in age he is pretty slow Ben Sherrod is also out he was playing minutes in the top four when you look at their top four, they need a mobile defenseman. 
somebody who's fast because with the acquisitions from this summer, they're a lot faster team and their top four is kind of slowing them down. So to answer your question, I believe like if they were to have to give up two AHL players, that's what you're saying, right? To give up two AHL players uh, yeah. for Ekholm. Yeah. They could they could do that. It's just all going to come down to cap space and, you know, potentially like they could, like if I'm thinking about it, they, Montreal could be like, instead of giving you two players, we'll give you pro like we'll give you draft picks but i'm sure montreal would probably offload players to relieve some cap space so there's a whole there, like there's so many different situations that could go down with that this is going to be the blockbuster trade where montreal's like take seven draft picks and 12 players so that <laughs> we can sign matthias Eckholm. thanks but you know you know what the thing is is that you never know with bergevin because he always does these press conferences and he has a point, like he's not going to openly say, this is what we're trading for. This is what we're looking for. Cause that gives away his plan. But every off season, every trade deadline, he makes it seem like Montreal isn't going to do anything. And then all of a sudden something happens like with the Eric Stahl thing. I wasn't really expecting that. It was a great trade, like great value there. I was expecting it. it. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it, but you know, we'll, we'll see, but I would love Ekholm on the Canadians. I think Ekholm is such a massive asset right now that's on the market that I think teams are like their mouths are watering just knowing that they can like have the opportunity to kind of snag him and get him on on their team because he's an incredible player and you know I don't think the Predators really need him and I think he can really put his skills use on a team that can obviously contend for for the cup and then you know it's a win-win all around so now for these last two kind of places on our list I'm going to structure a little bit differently I'm going to say what their situation is like and then she's switching it up I'm going to say what their situation is like and then I'm going to ask you guys what do you think um if they're going to be traded yes or no so we're going to start off with number two on our list. And come on, surprise, surprise. It's Mr. Taylor Hall. So He's our best friend. <laughs> come on. We need him on the show. <laughs> Taylor Hall is 29 years old. And he's a left winger for the unfortunate Buffalo Sabres at the moment. Um, in 37 games played, he has two goals and 17 assists. So I guess better better in assisting than in scoring at the moment and he has a cap hit of eight million dollars so very very big money right there and he'll be he'll become a ufa this summer he also has a no movement clause in his contract so he'll be the one practically deciding where he'll be going um before we talk about our trade destinations for them grace do you think he'll be traded finally yes or no I've been putting a lot of thought into this because it is something we've been talking about on this show and outside of the show, just like amongst ourselves for the past month. Um, I don't think he'll be traded because is I'm trying to I'm trying to pose a question. <laughs> um, are the Sabers going to get enough assets back to make it worth it right now? Well, yeah, that's, I remember reading somewhere, I think it was also on Sportsnet saying how basically what the Sabres want in return for Taylor Hall is a top prospect or top prospects. They just want a lot 
I guess, of draft picks in return for Taylor Hall. Um, so, and like, that's a, that's a lot to ask yeah. on the Sabres part for a player who hasn't been his best, has a massive contract that I don't think most good teams can afford right now. And a player who has complete trade protection. Like he obviously doesn't want to just randomly leave Buffalo. Um, the story there is that what he has family in Toronto or something. Is that it? So he he's close to family in Buffalo. And I, will he want to be there during a rebuild? Maybe. I mean, it's Taylor Hall. He's a good player. I feel like he'd be good to have during a rebuild. Add a little bit of leadership. He's 29. So a bit of a veteran to the dressing room. But that that's my main question is, are the Sabres going to get enough assets back? I'm just going to say one more point before going to Alessia. Um, I remember reading somewhere, I think it might have been on the score this time, that at the beginning, I think sometime in February, um, Taylor Hall and the Sabres were kind of talking and trying to negotiate a, a contract extension. But obviously, we all know how February went and how March went for the Sabres. And Taylor Hall started thinking, hmm, maybe I don't want to be here. And so that is why he has been kind of now at the top of this list for probably the past couple of weeks, because it kind of seems as though he's going to wave that clause and kind of listen to offers and see where he can go. And um, yeah, so Alessia, what do you think? Yes or no? I think like similar to Grace, I feel like the player would probably want to be traded. I feel like the organization would likely be willing to give him up as well. But like Grace said, how much are you going to get back for him? And what team is going to be willing to acquire Taylor Hall in that $8 million contract? When like Marjorie, you've mentioned, the Buffalo Sabres haven't been great. And his numbers have obviously been showing that. Plus with the no movement clause, and Marjorie wrote this down in the notes, he's practically going to be deciding where he's going. So that doesn't give a lot of options to the Sabres. And obviously Hall's going to want to go to a good team. I doubt he's going to want to go to a team that's just starting to retool or rebuild because he's 29 years old. So that's another situation. It's just really hard because like, I feel with the way Buffalo's going and kind of Taylor Hall's like goals for the rest of his career, he probably doesn't want to be there or like he would likely want to go to a contending team. But then at the same time, like what team is going to pick up that $8 million contract or clear cap space for him? It's really hard. Yeah, it's, it's, a hard. Fun, it's a funny situation for the Sabres because basically anything that they're getting or any offers they're getting from teams, they're probably, they have to show them to Taylor Hall and be like, well, look at this offer and look at this offer and look at this offer. Do any of these offers entice you enough to waive your like no movement clause? Please say yes. And so it's it's a really weird situation to be in because like other players, you don't have to do that. You can just be like, boop, you're gone. Thank you for your, your time. See you later. But with Taylor Hall, it's a really, really particular situation. And like you guys said, it's going to take a really special offer for you know, the Sabres to first present to Taylor Hall and then Taylor Hall to be like, okay, I'm okay with going there. And so now we're going to kind of talk about our destination for him. And I also kind of wrote up teams in the North or teams in the East. And first we're going to talk about the North because I hate that, that people 
that this isn't one of the destinations for him but uh, <laughs> but um and you guys know how much i've condemned this kind of speculation um but toronto is one of the teams who are trying to kind of vie for him grace's and face and i'm like no no Okay, we have, we, have, we have to, like, mention something that anytime a big player is on the market, there's rumors about Toronto acquiring yes, them. Yes, like, yes, so 100%. Don't, so I don't, don't get too anything. into it, but... Yeah. But still, knowing Toronto, you never know. They could do something like this. Like, Kyle Crazy would. Like, Kyle <laughs> would. And so, one... They would have to, like, you know, ask they would for have charity. Yeah. Yes, they would need... They need money that they do not have. This is the other thing about Taylor Hall, though. He's going to be a UFA in, like, four months. What yeah. teams just can wait it out. Wait exactly. it out. Get and that's what I was... Less of a price. It'll suck for Buffalo. They won't get anything back. But for other teams, that is 100% something I'd be considering. And that's something I was going to mention in terms of, like, whether he's going to be traded or not. Like, there's two things. Will Buffalo try and trade him even though they don't get what they maybe their goal was to get because they know he's going to be, be a UFA and they don't want to lose him for nothing? And then there's the other side that Grace said, well, if he's going to be a UFA in four months, these teams might just wait it out and acquire him like that. I'm predicting the headline right now. It's on Sportsnet and it reads, hometown boy comes back to Toronto. Not a hometown yeah. boy, but close enough. <laughs> yeah, um, close enough. For eight hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but oh my gosh. moving on from the Toronto kind of speculation, there are two other teams, kind of from the East Division, that have been, you know, kind of, you know, in the running. I guess you can say, are the Boston Bruins and the New York Islanders, um, which I think is actually not that bad. I would. I don't think it's like um, the like the worst kind of situation for a Taylor Hall to be in. Um, I think New York is the the team that's kind of may, maybe you know ahead of Boston because Anders Lee is of course their captain is uh, out indefinitely. I'm pretty sure he is having surgery for his ACL, and so he's out for quite a bit of time, and so they're kind of trying to find someone that they can replace and you know obviously you can't replace your captain but you can re- kind of replace his position in the skills kind of yeah yes skill exactly yeah. and so that's why new york is kind of at the top of that list and then with the bruins you know it would kind of be a weird situation or like a i guess a weird placement i think i see him more going to new york than i would with boston i see him more in new york as a player as yeah. an asset as like money wise i see him more in boston because new york is on the top contender list for like eight bajillion players right now yeah. um so and boston's got a decent amount of cap space i'm pretty sure they always do i don't know how they do Somehow. it I, neither do i <laughs> um <laughs> but they, they've got a decent amount of cap space so i don't see it as impossible and i definitely see it more likely than the islanders at at this point in time yeah yeah i see i understand that you know it's obviously it's about it's it's all about which team has the money and the availability to grab taylor hall because he's got one big contract that's one that's a heck of a contract 
It's very, yeah. very large. Like, he could easily take, he won't, but he could easily take like $4 million and be okay financially because he yes. was overpaid for the past however many years. <laughs> <laughs> Which is unfortunate. It's unfortunate that like we kind of have to talk about him in this manner. We don't uh, want to. We like Taylor Hall. We That's like it. Taylor Hall. It's just he he's one of those players that you know he just kind of hasn't lived up to expectations and it's it's sad because there have been seasons where he's been playing really really well and he's been producing but I don't know am I about to compare Taylor Hall to Connor McDavid yes I am (laughs) um it's like it is that kind of situation where for the first little while of Connor McDavid's massive hundred million dollar contract people were like should you be paying him this? Mm-hmm. Should he should he have this? Because he's really not producing. Now he's producing. I mean, it's a hundred million dollars. So you'd have to score eight hundred goals in a season. But <laughs> it's I think it's the same situation where it just so happened that the, he's overpaid for the team that he's on. If he was on a better team, I think eight million dollars would be reasonable for Taylor Hall. Yeah. Am I wrong in saying that? Is no, that- I think I think you put that. I think you put that really well because I, I get what you're coming from and I get what you're saying. Yeah. Because I think to be a player of that caliber on the Buffalo Sabres and seeing how much he's produced this season, $8 million is a heck of a lot of money Yeah, for someone who's doing that much. And, and I know people will argue and be like, well, look at Buffalo. Look what their season has been like. And, you know, even though they've been this bad, he still managed to at least have... 19 points and you know managed to get a quite a few assists you know it's a sad like kind of comparison in that sense (laughs) but it's it's a team situation and a player situation so you can't put the entire blame on taylor hall i'm gonna i'm gonna be nice and, and say that um but yeah that's just my opinion Now, for our number one person on the list is, drum roll, Kyle Palmieri. Palmieri? Palmieri. I give you a drum roll for that. Hey, Kyle Palmieri. I butta butta for you to not know how to say his name. So... Um, I was I was trying to look at a couple lists and he he was probably either the number one two or three placement on people's lists um, but I put him number one in ours and I'll tell you why so let me give you a little background info and I'll give you my explanation as to why I, I put him number one on our list so he is 30 years old and he plays right wing for the New Jersey Devils in 34 games played, he has eight goals and nine assists. But over the past few games, he has steadily gotten better. And he's really, really producing and he's showing um, basically his value. He has a cap hit of $4.65 million and will also become a UFA. And um, it currently states that he has an undisclosed injury, but we all kind of know what that means. And um, it's basically just the devil's trying to preserve him um, before the deadline that way nothing happens to him and that way teams will definitely take him because who really wants an injured player nobody so 
that's why I kind of placed him at number one, especially because he's been getting better, better, and better. And um, I think he's always kind of been a pretty a steady player. You know, nothing uh, super incredible, but he's never been really awful either. He's been just, you know, a, a, a player that you can kind of rely on. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to now go to you guys and ask, will he be traded? Yes or no? Grace? Surprisingly, when I saw that you put this on the list for this week, it was the one that I was most excited to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was held out of the game on Sunday, which mm-hmm. you said undisclosed injury. But then his agency, I read this on TSN, confirmed that it's in anticipation of a trade. So that's the most fun part about this is that we don't know when it's going to come it could be like Mm -hmm. right now (laughs) like you could listen to this on tuesday and be like oh the last 20 minutes of this is useless because he's been traded um (laughs) but i think that that that's probably the most exciting thing one thing i did want to bring up is that as with every other player we've talked about uh james myrtle said that toronto was interested (laughs) yes but i was gonna mention that they might be on his six team no trade list yes uh so oof um yeah (laughs) but i i just thought that was funny to bring up as for will he be traded yes that's my final answer yeah i think so too like you guys mentioned i also read that he was held out because of precautionary reasons linked to being traded and when those rumors kind of come out you kind of know that something's in the works like you like grace said you don't know when it's gonna come but it's likely going to come. So yeah, I think he's going to be traded. So he's actually in the final year of his five-year $23.25 million contract. So it's actually a pretty decent contract. Um, And I remember reading somewhere that I think that the Devils, the plan was that the Devils were always going to resign him and that they were going to find a way to negotiate a new contract with him and not give him up. But kind of with how things have gone and, um, you know, you know how the season has gone as for the Devils, um, they think it's kind of best to, to let him go. And I think a lot of teams would benefit from having a, a great player like Paul Mary. Um, like Grace mentioned, Toronto was also mentioned in the running for him. But yes, Toronto apparently is a part of his, um, one of his no- I guess no team list. Is that the list? How did you say it? It's no. Um, oh my God. I mentioned this last week. With Eric no Stahl. trade list. Six yeah. Team, six team, no trade. Yeah. So there's like yeah. six, 12. Four. Yeah. So he doesn't want to be in Toronto apparently. <laughs> but Why do I take offense to that? Like I don't, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> I was like, whenever I see when players have like places that they don't want to be traded to I immediately go and see where they're from to kind of garner like kind of an idea as to why they wouldn't be they wouldn't want to be traded to a specific place um Paul Mary is from the state of New York and so being in New Jersey I guess he is very close to his family but I mean if if it's a thing about distance, then he still wouldn't be that far away from family. But regardless, that's not the point. We're not going to dive into that. And we're kind of kind of mention who our uh, trop, trop, my goodness, gracious words, who our top destination for them is. And it's uh, the New York Islanders. And it's funny because I mentioned that he's from New York. So he'd be kind of staying local. 
Um, but as I kind of mentioned with the Taylor Hall situation, the New York Islanders are trying to find someone to replace Anders Lee. And um, I think Kyle Palmieri would actually do that pretty perfectly for them. And so if we can kind of go back to what Grace was saying, and if we kind of move Taylor Hall to Boston and move Palmieri to the Islanders, I think that's the perfect situation right there. We should be GMs. Come on. We should have went for the sport management program. We would kill it. We solved everybody's problems. (laughs) Come on. I think, yeah, like you're right with, Paul Mary going to the New York Islanders. I don't see anything wrong with that skill wise and also cap wise. It's what does it say? 4.65 mil. Like that's yeah. Yeah. Really good for a player like Paul Mary, especially to replace with quotations um, your captain. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember reading that I think Boston was also interested in Paul Mary. So the Islanders in Boston have been interested in kind of the same players, but which is interesting because there couldn't be two more, two more different teams. 100%. (laughs) But um, I I see where they're going at. And, uh, but in this situation, I think Paul Mary is much more suited for the Islanders than, than Taylor Hall. Um, just given where Paul Mary is at right now, especially because he's kind of on a roll and he's been playing really well. And, um, and since he's kind of been preserved for these last couple of games, you know, I feel like that can either hinder or really help someone's performance because one, they're not playing. So it's, you know, it stops them from being on their roll, if, if that makes any sense. Or, you know, it can improve them because they're nice and fresh and they can give it their all to their new team. So it's a very, once again, special situation. But like you guys said, you know, anything can happen within the next hour, within the next day. You know, he can be moved in two seconds. It's been very, the Eric Stahl trade's really been the biggest thing yeah. to go down so yeah. far. So I'm I'm really excited and anticipating the next week. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, Next Monday when we're recording at 4 (laughs) p.m. It's going to be a hot mess. Uh, So I I think that it'll be interesting to see where all of our players go, but also to see the surprises because the NHL always has those little players that they throw in there last minute that you're like, whoa, you move them? 100%. I mean, like... There are players that we like that kind of depending on the season, it's a given that they'll they'll be moved. Yeah. For example, right now with Paul Mary, I think it's a given that he'll be moved. Moved. Um, there's some players that it's kind of a question mark, and then there's some players that kind of always on the trade list, but they're never really moved. Example, Jake Bertanen. Uh once again, he's <laughs> on the on the list of many people, but you know, he hasn't been moved ever so ever <laughs> ever ever so it's gonna be really really interesting and exciting to see I want to see if our predictions are right to see you know if we're kind of moving <laughs> towards the right direction with certain things um and I love looking at 
blockbuster trades like getting the notification and like reacting and then sending a text to you guys and being like what the heck give me your analysis on it <laughs> that's true because it's funny you guys sometimes me and the girls we have like really funny silly conversations with each other we're super not serious you know we love to like giggle and you know have fun with each other you know like best friends do but when it comes to hockey Sometimes there'll be situations where we make fun of players and whatever, we'll have fun doing it. Um, but there, most of the time, we'll be like, give me your analysis on this. What do you think? And mainly me and Grace love to do that with Alessia, yeah. especially with Habs, <laughs> Habs stuff. We're like, Alessia, give us your input now. I always get those texts like, we need your input now. Now, My tell us right your now. perspective. Like, to be like, you're in the spotlight, Alessia. Tell me, tell me now. <laughs> tell me now. And then we're like waiting half an hour for her to respond. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm just excited to, to kind of see where things go and to see but it's like I'm gonna have TSN on in the background the whole day. Oh, absolutely. This is, this is not sure. free advertisement to TSN, but you know, it can't be trade season without watching TSN. Come on. <laughs> Especially here in Canada. So yes. I hope you guys enjoyed our list. Once again, I'm gonna give you a quick recap of who's on our list. Number five, we have Toronto Toronto's top prospect. Freddie Anderson. <laughs> And oh number four, we have Jonathan Bernier. We kind of, our predictions are either Philadelphia or, you know, that he's just going to stay in Detroit. And number three, we have Matthias Ekholm. Um, we have him at a top cont- contending Canadian team. So probably Winnipeg or Montreal. Number two, we have Taylor Hall. Um, you know, this one, we don't, we really don't know, but you know, it could be. <laughs> could be New York Islanders or the Boston Bruins. And if it's the Toronto Maple Leafs next week, you will be hearing me screaming. <laughs> um, not from I happiness. Have to show up. Yeah. I hope not that it's... I just let Marjorie scream. Yeah. We'll get the week off. Right. That'd be oh. great. And then at number one, we have Kyle Palmieri and we think that he'll probably be going to the New York Islanders could also be the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Um, but I think the Islanders are pretty the, the best spot for him. And then, yeah, next week we'll give you a really awesome episode. I think this is the first time I think we're actually recording the day of. And so that's really exciting because I'm sure that like we're just going to have so much to talk about. You know, there's going to be an endless amount of content and we're going to have to pick and choose what to say. But we can't wait to kind of hear your guys input you know after listening to our list shoot us a tweet you know instagram message telling us who's you know you know your top five uh do you guys agree with our list do you guys agree with our placements and then it's going to be super exciting and so just get back to us you guys know where to reach us at on instagram it's at the underscore wraparound (laughs) on twitter it's at wraparound the and yeah I got those right. I always get those wrong. <laughs> and I promise one day we'll have the very nice opportunity of just having one handle that says we'll have wrap around. handles. <laughs> uh, but at the moment, I'm still currently trying to fight people to get those those um, handles. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys are going to start a GoFundMe to buy out the wraparound social oh handles. <laughs> and it's so frustrating because the wraparound handle on Instagram it has no followers and it has 
no posts wait should we talk about our beef with disney oh my god yes so one of our fellow um classmates andrew um, shout out to andrew Andrew. yeah shout out to andrew mentioned that on the new mighty ducks tv show on disney plus their podcast is called the wraparound so if any of you know any good lawyers who would like to work for us for a very very low price of a dollar um please get back to us and we would like to file um you know formal lawsuit against (laughs) disney plus thank you very much oh my god you know we've also been talking about this for the past week because our friend told us yeah like what pardon it's just so strange like i'm sure they don't know that we exist but you know there's There's no way there's a very slim possibility that they do you never know come on maybe maybe it'll help with our promo because people will like start looking for the wraparound wraparound that's what i was thinking about so if you're here from disney plus we love you we appreciate you (laughs) (laughs) we will no longer be suing disney plus don't you worry (laughs) but uh yeah thanks thanks to andrew for pointing that out it was pretty funny not gonna lie when i saw that my mind was like what's going on but it just goes to show that we've chose a very nice name yes we have a very hockey thanks name. to me <laughs> yeah thanks to alessia yeah, it is thanks to alessia <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um but yeah that was some little interesting news for you guys that i guess <laughs> we wanted Might to, have to share start including some mighty ducks content on this podcast. seriously <laughs> right why didn't they send us a jersey with the wraparound on the back of it come on that would have been so cool we've got disney beef. please disney please <laughs> send us a quick email and we will drop this lawsuit that we have planned in our mind you're all gonna be like why are there so many sent emails in the wraparound's <laughs> inbox and it's just gonna be me emailing disney plus for the next two weeks being like send me a jersey i need a mighty ducks jersey or we will sue <laughs> <laughs> that are that's our terms and conditions oh, but yes i hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode like i said next week we'll have a very very special episode and um it unfortunately will be our last for probably two weeks and then me and alessia will come back alone sadly kind of you know giving a quick recap of you know the news that's happened in those two weeks that we were gone grace will be then back in the week following we hope (laughs) hopefully um but yeah stay tuned like i said please shoot us a message tell us your thoughts tell us if you agreed with any of these picks Um, any of the destinations tell us who is on your list and yeah it'll be really exciting next week i'm super stoked for it and i hope you guys are too and once again thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed see you or talk to you next week (laughs) 